with Morgan streaking. She's checking the goalkeeper. The pay disparity between the men and women is, is just too large and, and we want to continue to fight. Uh, the generation of players before us fought and now it's our job to, to keep on fighting. The pay cap for the women's Major League Soccer players is 11 times less than the pay cap for men's Major League Soccer. 11 times. Rapino gets across him. It's towards Listening to Give and Go with Rotas Wadera only on Girls Soccer Network. Hello and welcome. This is Give and Go live from Los Angeles, California. I am your host, Rotas Wadera, and thank you for making the choice to listen to us at Girls Soccer Network. This is episode 30. I cannot believe it. 30 episodes in. It has been a journey, it has been a process. We are here and we have another special jam packed episode for you. But first, and most importantly, if you are looking uh, to get all of the latest and up-to-date news, merchandise, everything related to women's soccer, go to our website, www.girlssoccernetwork.com. And if you want to download this podcast, you can just ask Siri to play the name of this podcast to either play your newest podcast, play a specific episode, or most importantly, to subscribe to this show. We are available on Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and Radio Public as well. Before we get into the nitty-gritty of the NWSL draft, great things we, we have coming for you, including an interview with NWSL analyst and former U.S. Women's National Team player, Lori Lindsay. We have a very special message from our sponsor, World Strides. Education and personal growth have been at the heart of World Strides' mission since 1967. Their experiential soccer travel is crafted not just for the player, but the person, because growth happens not only on the field, but off it as well. Whatever kind of level or style you or your team play, we're excited to be sponsored by a company that gives players another aspect to the ultimate away game. World Stride Sports. If you want to learn more about World Stride Sports and the amazing soccer adventures you could be going on, go to our website, www.girlssoccernetwork.com, and click on the link Soccer Nomad, or go to www.worldstrides.com. The NWSL draft is just a couple of days away. We have, of course, as I mentioned, a special interview with Lori Lindsay talking about what to expect at this year's draft, what it means to be drafted for some of these players, along with the state of getting to that next level and taking the next step. So we start there. Here's the interview, guys. Enjoy. Uh, so, Lori, how excited are you for this year's draft, and what does it mean for the NWSL with how the league has grown over this past year? Oh, uh, well, um, I'm pumped. I mean, I'm excited about this draft. I think it's always reminds me of my playing days and how excited I was as a player so I can imagine how thrilled some of these young talent that's coming out of college would be just excited too. Um, and then I think when you're looking at the NWSL, I mean, going into our eighth season, that's a massive accomplishment, especially just with, you know, riding the waves of professional sports, women's professional sports, and to be able to enter our eighth season with the level of play that um, the players put out on the field is, is massive and 
uh, that's what also makes this draft exciting because it's difficult for these young players to break in. So you start to see who has that kind of that resiliency, the the talent, and the really the courage to to ride the waves of of playing professional sport. Now we are still waiting on some some pretty big names to declare. Obviously, there's rumors about Sophia Smith, uh, Jesse Fleming. But who to you as of right now is the player who could make the biggest impact from this draft class? Um, you know, that's always an interesting one um, because I think it, there's a lot of things that come into play with that. I think it depends on the team that you um, get drafted by. Does that player's talent fit in with the DNA or how the squad wants to play? Um, so there's a lot of factors. Do you get along? Does your personality fit in with the team? And the camaraderie that you bring so it's not just about total on-field performance and how you perform in college um, it is a completely different game in terms of the athleticism the, the quality of skill um, but there's one player that I think could be under the radar um, the art king from NC State I'm looking forward to her I've called her quite a few of her games this fall um, the ACC network and I don't know if she'll be one of the first couple picks because as you mentioned if somebody like Sophie Schmidt comes out and declares and she could easily be one of the number one but I think somebody like King could could really make an impact and continue to develop especially if she's on the the right squad and how much of an importance do you believe there is in terms of like late round picks because players like in the past Chilmo Bogagu, Kristen Hamilton were found in the fourth round of drafts. Are there any other players who, who could potentially be a hidden gem in this draft who no one is talking about? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you look at Bethany Bolter from the rain. I mean, didn't even play. Most players are playing division one college soccer and that was not her. And I mean, what an incredible season she had. Well, again, I think there's a lot of factors. I mean, if you look at Kristen Hamilton, obviously molded into a fantastic player by her time. And, that, and when I talk about resiliency and courage to continue to push and, and believe in yourself, and Kristen Hamilton's a great, a great um, example of that because she found a, a place on a team that was quality, that was willing to invest in her. And, and a lot of times that's what it takes. I mean, it's the same with coaches, right? You see coaches not do very well in certain teams, or, or they do. And they go on to another um, squad and they um, have a difficult time. So all the same factors, but I think absolutely there's gems that will that will come out. Um, it's hard to say who right now, mm-hmm. but especially with another Olympic year, some of these players are going to get a little bit more time than they normally would if it was a year that players weren't going to be gone, national team players, international players weren't going to be gone for extended period time. So. I think that that is one of the exciting parts about this league is to see a few of the players that no one expected rise to the occasion. What are your thoughts on college players potentially declaring early? Obviously, it hasn't been much of a a trending topic in the past, but do you think it's better for the league for players to go pro early or for them to stay in school? Well, I don't necessarily know how it's better for the league. I think that's on an individual basis for the particular player and, and where they are, where they feel their development is, and, and I think that's what how it will start to trend more is, okay, where is my development 
can I continue, can I get my degree if that's what I choose to do, why I'm playing, finish up online or go into off-season, depending. But if you see somebody like Sophie Schmidt, obviously a really, really quality player that's gotten a lot out of her college career and now is starting to get looks with the national team and potentially, if she does declare, could go number one. So in, in that case, you would start to say, okay, like, yeah, maybe this is for her development and this is what she wants to do, then it makes sense to leave early and give herself an opportunity to grow at a, a quicker pace. Because, I mean, the one thing I have to keep in mind, too, is that these careers can be long, but they also are finite, right? So if they go by quick and they're not forever. So if you if your goal and your want is, and desire is to suck the most out of it, then and with the opportunities to be able to play now, then go for it, right? That's that's my personal feeling. So again, I don't know if it's better for the league, but I think it's an individual basis and if it if it feels right for the player then there's opportunities now, not just here in the States. Um, but as we're seeing on the men's side, there's so many opportunities all over. So You know, earlier you briefly mentioned about what it was like, um, that feeling what it was like to get drafted. Um, could you describe Again, like in more detail, how that felt when you first took that step into professional soccer. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's amazing. It's, it's, it's kind of like you're like, whoa, okay, this is something that I've been dreaming of for my entire life, and here it is. So it's kind of unbelievable, and it's really about like one day at a time. But I remember just being super excited and also scared to death because I was about to take the – go into the locker room and take the field with some of my idols. I mean, I – this is way back when, but I got uh, drafted by San Diego and I was playing with Julie Foudy, Shannon McMillan, Joy Fawcett, right? Like all these players that have been like stars and idols of mine and I'm going to be in the locker room with them. So, um, but yeah, just a, a real dream come true and all of the emotions you can imagine. It was excitement, scared to death, but also like, yes, like here, all this hard work, I put in and I know that like the players even though our journeys look different a lot of those players had similar paths so it was something comforting about that too this offseason has been particularly busy in terms of players getting traded shuffled around what are like how do you think some of these trades will impact the draft such as Kaylee Ojai going to Chicago McCall Zerboni going to Sky Blue well I think I think what we're starting to see now that we're in the eighth season is that coaches realizing that it is difficult for some of these players coming right out of college to make an impact right away because the level is high. Again, as I mentioned before, with the athleticism, the quality and skill level, I mean, the pace is just faster. It's difficult. You don't you get much fewer chances if you're a striker to score goals, right? You have to take those chances. So there's an adjustment period, and I think that's becoming ever more apparent within this league that it takes a little bit of time for some of these players or majority of the players to be able to make quite the impact they might want to be able to make coming right into the league. And so that's why we're starting to see more shuffling around. How can teams get players that have a number of years or at least a few years of experience proven themselves in the league and those players when they shift around can occupy the exact needs that the team wants right now and then when it comes to the draft then they can pick depending on what picks they have can they just pick the best player that's available or 
can they pick to also need, but like realize that, hey, this player is going to be an important piece, but maybe not for two or three seasons. You've been a part of the, the draft process in terms of broadcasting for a couple of years now. Describe what the atmosphere is like when you're actually there and in it. Oh, it's fun. It feels like, um, kind of feels like exactly what you expect, which is like intensity, excitement, who's going to be the next pick. Um, there's always, you know, not a ton, but one or two where you're like, oh, I thought this player was going to go much higher. Mm-hmm. Um or or much lower and so there's always a few surprises so that's what makes it fun and and it feels a lot like playing a game really I mean there's some like highs and lows right there's some like in terms of highs and lows I mean is like okay you expect so and so maybe to go number one so that's kind of like yeah that's your your normal stuff and then there's always a surprise and then there's some highs and then how does that shift around or last minute trades so it does feel very much like an actual soccer game and Excited to see current players that are already in the league. Um, excited to, to be there, see who future teammates are going to be, and then always um, draftees that have the potential to hear their name called and their families. So there's a lot of like just wonderful emotions that show and I think express how far our sport has come, and just exciting in the fact that like there's a lot of people for years that have helped build this whether or not they've been directly involved with the NWSL and what would you say is your favorite uh, draft moment that you've been able to cover and be a part of well last year was the first draft that I did um, as an analyst so and, and that was just the whole thing was was brilliant. It was fun. It's exciting to see and talk to the coaches that I've played for or played against, um, where they are, how they're building squads, um, what their franchise looks like. So just the, in general, the vibe around the draft is fun, and I feel very grateful to be a part of it and um, help continue to, to build the game. Again, that was Lori Lindsay. This is her second year covering the NWSL draft. You've definitely heard her in the, in the broadcast booth as well, covering a bunch of games, as well as she's covered college games for ACC Network, as she mentioned in that interview. Again, incredibly insightful in terms of how she knows the game, her overall knowledge, and what to expect for the draft, what the atmosphere is like. It's a special, special day for the league and for all 36 players whose dream will eventually be realized by hearing their name called at the draft. So as we jump right into it, we're going to get you up to speed on some players to keep an eye on when their names get called during this draft. First and foremost, though, by the time this comes out, the draft is on the 16th of January, and by the 15th is the deadline. Most of the biggest names, the most talented players, really wait to the last minute to make sure that they get their names in there. So we got to get you up to date, as I mentioned, on some players who you should definitely be expecting to hear some type of decision from whether they are staying or going. The two biggest names, Sophia Smith and Jesse Fleming. What is so interesting about Sophia Smith is that the Portland Thorns have traded for the number one pick with the Orlando Pride. We will get into all of that and break down that entire trade a little bit later on, but Because of that trade, there are rumors 
swirling around that Sophia Smith will be the number one overall pick if the Thorns can convince her to leave school. The other big name player is Jesse Fleming. The Canadian international has done it all at the college level, has done it all at the international level. It would be a huge, huge deal if the NWSL could keep her in America, in the States, rather than to go abroad. She's another big name. You have Elise Flake, who was the star of BYU's almost undefeated season that they went on. Morgan Weaver, who really stole the show in the NCAA tournament, uh, helping Washington State get to a Final Four. And a player like Sam Hyatt, who also uh, was a star defender for Stanford. So some big names who could, could be declaring within the coming days. But for right now, we have five players at different positions who are more than likely to hear their name called within the first two rounds of the draft. The first player who is definitely going to be up there, and you heard Lori Lenzi mention this in the interview, Ziara King of NC State, a winger who can really do it all, really change the face of that Wolfpack program in one of the toughest conferences in America, the ACC. She was an All-American who can score, who can pass. Her skill set kind of reminds me of an Imani Dorsey with how versatile she is. Has a great uh, great first touch, quick feet, can do it all. Any team is going to be lucky to have her, and I think she is going to be the player who can make the biggest impact right away based on her overall style of play. Ziara King is that player to definitely keep an eye on. She will, in all likelihood, be one of the top picks in the draft. If your team is looking for a defender, uh, Kaylee Real is, in all likelihood, the best center back in this class out of Penn State. Was part of the national championship winning side as a freshman back in 2015. Really one of the best defensive stoppers. That's what Penn State's known for, producing great defenders. Right, Mallory Rubber is the first person that comes to mind. Kaylee Real has an opportunity to do something special at the next level. I think she has an opportunity to be a cornerstone at center back for whatever team takes her. Was an All-American last year. Uh, was an anchor for the team as a senior before they ran into Stanford in the NCAA tournament. She is definitely a top tier defender in this class has also been called into developmental ID Academy for the U.S. Women's National Team. She is on the radar of plenty of professional teams and is definitely somebody you want to keep an eye on as in terms of where she is going to get called. Up next, Evelyn Viennes out of South Florida. The striker is quite possibly the most prolific goal scorer in this draft an outstanding track record at USF, 73 goals over four years. That's really hard to do over such a long period of time. And considering she is from Canada, she is just now starting to catch a little bit of attention from the Canadian national team when she should have been getting calls a long, long time ago for her level of production. But when you watch her play, not only does she have a nose for goal, it's her overall hunger and desire. It's clear that she has a chip on her shoulder. Not to knock anything on the American Athletic Conference, right? But she definitely, you definitely get the sense that she could have played at a big-time college soccer program. Program. And don't get me wrong, South Florida was ranked in the top 25. They are a legitimate team, but I'm talking about an even bigger school like a North Carolina, like a UCLA, one of those type of schools. Her overall desire, she is taking on multiple defenders, beating them all. She refuses to be in denied in front of goal and and it's those types of intangibles that will make her a valuable player to any team uh, that decides to draft her so I think she's a player that 
uh, again, can make an impact right away and can also be developed into a full-time starter as a striker for a team. Next up, Natalie Jacobs. You won't find many players in this class who are as consistent and as solid as Natalie Jacobs was. You know, you know exactly what you are going to get from her. The most versatile player in this draft played all three positions, played at all three levels, excuse me, was a defender, was a midfielder, was a forward, did it at Notre Dame first. Again, one of the toughest conferences, the ACC, before uh, moving to the Pac-12 and playing at USC. Here's a crazy stat. 87 total games over the course of her career. Never missed one. That is so hard to do. I don't care what level you play at. To never miss a minute, never miss a game. That speaks to your commitment, durability, the amount of care that you have to put into not only taking care of your body, but to just be that durable over the course of four years is mightily impressive. 26 goals and 23 assists over that time, as well-rounded of a prospect as you'll find. I think any team that that decides to take her uh, will be very happy with what they find. Uh, A player that can play just about anywhere on the pitch Uh, She will definitely get drafted. Someone will have a home for her. And lastly, we gotta mention the goalkeepers. Mandy McGlynn has been highly touted for a while out of Virginia Tech. Again, I know I've been saying it a lot, but the ACC is one of the premier conferences in America. She should be the first keeper taken in this draft. 297 career saves over four years, and she's coming off of her best season with just 15 goals allowed. She was made second team All-American this year, has the chops to play in the league. Any team needs a keeper, right? You saw what happened with Rain FC, losing both Lydia Williams and Michelle Betos, and, th- and that allowed for the emergence of Casey Murphy. So some of these college players, yes, Casey Murphy was in France first before coming over, but the bottom line is, Teams will always need goalkeeping help, goalkeeping depth, especially with players getting called in to international duty. So remember that name. Mandy McGlynn will likely be the first goalkeeper taken in this draft. Those are just five players, guys. Again, there are so many others of these of the 36 over four rounds who will get taken. Again, the 16th of January. Now we might as well take a look at team needs by position because again each team has a specific need we start with of course the defending champions they are probably the one team that might not have the most to improve on at all of course there are no weaknesses but we've talked about how complete the courage are again we're going to get into all of the offseason moves briefly but the fact that um McCall Zerboni has gone to sky blue and and the courage traded for another striker they will need another midfielder to replace Zerboni now again they are great themselves at developing talent so they have their draft picks from last year who I'm sure they will be hoping to take a step up but if there's someone that they like in this draft uh, potentially, I I could see Natalie Jacobs being a great fit there. Could work out for the North Carolina Courage. Next up, the Portland Thorns. Again, you look down the roster, right? As complete a team as you'll find. Made a big trade getting getting Rocky Rodriguez. But they still have needs at the back and up top. Because again, at the end of the season, we did, their goal scoring record was absolutely abysmal. I think one goal score in their last, last six games... And while they had a great year, they really just faded down the stretch. They missed that true number nine striker, and that's where Sophia Smith comes in. Again, if she declares, that's going to be a huge deal. And I don't think 
Portland would have traded for the pick and given up as much as they did give up if they were not expecting to take her number one overall. But you also have to look at some of the defenders in this draft uh, to, in the hopes of replacing a player like Emily Sonnet, just a big part of that back line in Portland. And of course, defense is what wins championships, the cliched saying, but you got to have things shored up at the back in order to be successful. So we will see if Portland can address that issue come draft day. Rain FC traded up to get the ninth pick among other picks. It'll be interesting to see who they are looking at. When you look at their roster, they have a ton of experience. They don't have many holes, but you're looking at a consistent midfield day in and day out because, again, their depth was tested. Jessica Fishlock missing the majority of the season. Uh, Ali Long was asked to do way, way, way too much in that midfield, and it showed. Yes, you have Jody Taylor. You have Bethany Balser. Can she take another step up? But the key thing here is can they find that missing midfield piece to help themselves out because they've been pretty quiet in free agency. And, of course, they made a big head coaching move, uh, which could impact how the draft plays out. The Red Stars of Chicago have really gone for it by trading for Kaylee Ojai to give up Katie Naughton. You're hoping that that's the type of player who can replace Sam Kerr. They still need help at striker. Will Savannah McCaskill be able to do that for them? We will have to see. And now your back line is, is kind of up in the air. I mean, you have Tierna Davidson. Will Sarah Gordon be the permanent fit there? You have to ask yourself, you're going to need depth at that position. You're going to need depth at every single position because of how this schedule is, because of how grueling the process is throughout the entire year. It'll be very interesting to see what direction Rory Dames and the Chicago Red Stars go in come draft day. The Houston Dash's biggest issue has always been defense. We have harped on this many, many times. Now, making the trade for Katie Naughton is a big, big deal. I, I still think, though, you need more. One player is not going to solve all the defensive issues at the back. Again, I mentioned Kaylee Real could be an ideal fit in Houston to pair alongside Naughton and, and provide a real stable center-back pairing that will allow them to at least get some kind of defensive foundation in order to help them build on what they have because they're great in attack. We know what they can do. Yes, they gave up Kaylee Ojai, but we know what they can do offensively. And, and when they're playing as a team, they are a dangerous team. But it's really getting Jane Campbell some help in front of her uh, because Jane Campbell can't do it all by herself. Now we move to Sky Blue FC. Getting McCall Zerboni is a big deal for them. To get more toughness and, and veteran leadership, she's going to change that locker room for the better. A tremendous deal made. Between her and Carly Lloyd, you're never going to have leadership issues in that locker room. The real question, though, is you need an out-and-out -out striker similar to Portland's situation because, again, when Sky Blue wanted to defend, they could defend. They were one of the only teams to shut out Courage last year. They know what they're doing. And when you have Midge Purse on one side and Imani Dorsey on the other, uh, on the wings, if, if that's the direction Sky Blue wants to go in, that's a really dangerous pair on the wings. And if you have a true number nine, Sky Blue can have something real nice to build on here. It depends on what direction they want to go in but a striker would suit them perfectly. Orlando definitely needs help everywhere, um, and it's unfortunate that Caitlin Ford is not going to stick around. 
to get Emily Sonnet is a big deal. Giving up the number one pick is difficult. Again, they need to help out players like Alana Kennedy and Marta in the midfield. They simply cannot do it all. Yes, they implemented and added uh, rookies into their midfield, try to inject some youth. But the problem is if you're really trying to win, where do you teeter on that line between developing the young talent and winning games? And that's exact. That's kind of the thing that Orlando got stuck into last year. Again, the World Cup was there, so all their stars were pretty much gone. It was a great opportunity for them to develop some of those players. But you're looking at players like Alana Kennedy who need more uh, because, again, it's just – there's a bunch of stars, and we've talked about this with Orlando. It's just a bunch of international experienced players who are stars, but they aren't necessarily as cohesive as they could be. So Mark Skinner, again, in year two, has an opportunity to build on what he put into place in year one. We'll see how that goes for him and for Orlando, along with Amanda Duffy joining, which we will get into later. The Washington Spirit have a young core of players um, already in place they really last year was their year to go all in on the draft they are a stanford heavy team with all of the players that they have but this offseason they've gone down the foreign route to sign some more experienced players again i think with Paige nielsen and sam staub they have that center back pairing that showed flashes of being able to dominate. I think Sam Staub is going to be a, a longtime player in this league, going to be one of the develop into one of the better players in the league for sure. So I don't think, you know, defense necessarily is an issue in the middle. Yes, could you get a right back or a left back? Absolutely. But really the key is is not only if Mallory Pugh is healthy, right? Because when you have Pugh Lavelle, Sullivan, DiBiase, I mean it's a great team on paper but Ashley Hatch needs the service in order to score a goal she needs the ball in and around the box in order to score and there has been no one who has been able to get her the ball so either a striker or a potential backup goalkeeper for Aubrey Bledsoe you know Mandy McGlynn of course Virginia Tech uh, not too far from the DC area could be the right fit there lastly but not least the Utah Royals Lost Laura Harvey, which is a big, big deal, but they'll likely maintain their defensive identity as a whole based on how that roster is set up. Really a nice attack-minded winger to put on the other side of Kristen Press would be ideal because, again, Leo Labonta had a career season. Vero Boquette in the midfield, passing it around is great. You have Press on the wing, getting a Amy Rodriguez the ball, and again, they were great, but they just couldn't create enough in key situations to be able to beat some of the better teams in the league. And that's really what I think they have to look for. I think they have to look for offense, 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 because their defense is not an issue. Of course, you have Becky Sauerbrunn. You look at the Royals, it's got to be a winger, a striker, someone on the board who can change or add a little wrinkle to their offense. All right, so as you mentioned earlier, we're going to get into the movement in free agency. Talk about a blockbuster deal for Kaylee Ojai to be going to Chicago for Katie Naughton. Again, trade that absolutely works for both sides. It's definitely a fair deal. Ojai, again, will likely be brought in not the same type of player that Sam Kerr is at all. Again, more so a winger than a striker. But again, if you can get her back to her 
you know, form from when she was in, from two years ago. I mean, you're look. It's it could be a big time move for the Red Stars, and again, putting her in that type of situation in a title contending situation could be great for her in her career, rather than playing in Houston, where she's asked to do so much. She has an opportunity to play around a better core of players and could essentially have a career season. As for Houston to get Katie Naughton, what a big deal. They desperately, desperately needed help at the back. And to me, I was a little surprised that Chicago traded away Katie Naughton. They must feel good about their back line already to be able to trade a 25-year-old center back who has been one of the best in the league um, when she's at her best. And I think that's how you need to look at these trades. You have to look at them based on each player when they're at their absolute best, not based on their overall stock and how they've been playing as of late. I think Katie Naughton uh, has an opportunity to be a cornerstone for the Houston Dash. It's a great opportunity for her there to hopefully build on something as they look to, again, make the playoffs for the first time in franchise history. Of course, the the biggest trade was the Portland Thorns giving up Emily Sonnet, Caitlin Ford, and a draft pick for the number one pick, which seems like a lot, uh, especially if it's going to be Sophia Smith. It, It could be a lot. For Portland, it works out because, again, you have such a strong core of players with the ability to develop younger ones. So for Portland, the move made sense, even if it was a bit big of an asking price. However, for Orlando, you're stuck here because, again, you trade away the number one pick because you don't think that best player like in Sophia Smith is going to be there for you. So you look to get some value out of it. But in reality, Caitlin Ford is not going to stick around. She is headed to Arsenal in all likelihood. So that's a big miss for them because she is such a quality player. Emily Sonnet, of course, a fan favorite from Portland, will likely become a fan favorite in Orlando. Again, one of the better defenders in the league. That is a big get for Orlando to put her on one side. You know she could she could play center back. I think she's better on the wing. So you have Ali Krieger on one side, Emily Sonnet on the other. That is not bad at all. They needed that badly. They needed some help at the back. So Orlando, as long as Emily Sonnet is happy there, right? We we've seen you know Orlando has seemed to have rallied around Mark Skinner despite their. Uh, Despite their record and despite how things went for them, they rallied around their coach. So it seems like you know Emily Sonnet will happily be able to jump into that locker room and provide an impact right away. Midge Purse going to Sky Blue uh, in exchange for Rocky Rodriguez. Again, good deal for both sides because I think Sky Blue needed. They knew they needed some help in attack, and Rocky Rodriguez has been a. An incredible player for Sky Blue, so reliable for so long. But for Portland, I think Portland wins this deal because of what they're getting in Rocky Rodriguez, a plug-and-play, internationally experienced player with Costa Rica who is a defensive stopper and just clogs up that midfield with her um, ability to defend, her overall toughness, and has more skill going forward than people give her credit for. So you look at that move and you have a midfield, right, with Andresinha gone. They've been looking to fill that Amalie, uh, Amandine Henri uh, void since she left. Uh, Rocky Rodriguez could be the type of player to fill that void 
with Haran and Sinclair and that midfield that they have. It could work out for the better for them as they are clearly going for it as well, looking to catch the North Carolina Courage. Midge Person, Sky Blue, love the trade. You you add you add McCall Zerboni. You already have Purse. Uh, Sky Blue is going to, I think, start to move up in the standings with moves like these because they showed flashes of what they can really do. They are one of the toughest teams to beat in the league when they are playing as a solid, structured unit. They made it tough on everyone last year. Really made it tough on everyone uh, to beat them. And you knew you were going into a tough, tough scrap whenever you played Sky Blue. And I think getting Midge Purse, and then of course, as I mentioned, McCall Zerboni is only going to add to the tenacity of that team. Katie Stengel, who was with the Utah Royals, I think, you know, Houston making that trade, it's a good deal, uh, considering the Royals only get two second round picks out of it. Obviously, they wanted the picks. Uh, but one is for this year, one is for next year. Next year's class is supposed to be stacked, but to get this pick in 2020, uh, we'll see what they do with it um, if if you're the Royals. I think Katie Stengel adds, again, another bit of, of veteran experience and a proven goal scorer at, at different levels, not only in the NWSL, but in the W League as well. So it's a good move to try and replace some of the production and impact that Kaylee Ojai is going to provide, and we'll see how that move works out for her. Mackenzie Doniak going to the Red Stars, again, going back into the mode of trying to replace Sam Kerr. Again, makes total sense. You only give up a pick for it. Uh, it, it it's a good deal. Again, all about acquiring depth, acquiring assets, acquiring players that are going to help you make a title run. And Doniak is certainly going to be one of those players who will see time on the pitch as a result. Now, we mentioned McCall Zerboni and just how much of an impact that's going to have on the courage in losing her. Haley Mace coming from Sky Blue. I mean, this trade is tremendous for the courage. You're giving up the heart and soul of your team. It is a bit of a risk, but Mace was the number two player in the draft last year and is one of the best prospects out there in the game right now. If they can develop her and, and watch her grow, uh, this is a dangerous trade because of the amount of upside that Mace has. Obviously, they're looking to get just a little bit younger. It was a total shock to me to see McCall Zerboni get traded in the first place because that like like it almost seems impossible to think about the courage winning without McCall Zerboni. But again, she did have... Her fair share of injuries towards the end of the year. And and so obviously they felt like it was time. But time will tell how big of a deal this will be coming this 2020 season. Alright, as we move into the second half of the show, we will get caught we will get you caught up on W League action and of course the Barclays FAWSL. But another important piece of news, as we mentioned with Laura Harvey. Coaching the U-20 uh, women's national team, leaving the Royals, obviously it's a big job to kind of get to be in the pipeline to develop the youth, uh, but it's a big loss for the Royals to lose her at the helm because she is so highly regarded as one of the best of the best. So that will be interesting to see who they can bring in. They have an interim manager right now, 
but can they find a full-time replacement to help guide the Royals, who, again, have a great team and a great identity? Will a new coach come in and, and try to change things, or will they look to keep things the same? That's what will make this whole situation so incredibly interesting. Across the pond, over in England, you have Arsenal, Chelsea, Manchester City making it a three-team race. All three of them are playing some world-class football. Arsenal, their team play is something else, man. I mean, if Caitlin Ford goes back there, you're looking at a team that is going to be quite nearly unstoppable. They they obviously were the champions last year and are well on their way to doing it again because no one could stop not only their team play. You know, you have Beth Mead, Jordan Nobbs, along with a bunch of other experienced veteran players, but no one can be able, no one can stop Vivian Miedema. No one can stop her. She is a force in in England and is has taken over the league. Sam Kerr still looking for her first goal for Chelsea, almost uh, had one, but it was taken off the line against, cleared off the line against Bristol City. But she's starting to get more involved Provided a beautiful flick-on assist to Bethany England in her debut. So it's great to see Sam Kerr thriving over at Chelsea, playing in an environment that she uh, is, is, again, more than comfortable and happy with. Can Chelsea make up the ground? We will have to see. Same goes for Manchester City, who have a new player, a new striker, Pauline Bremer, who has taken the league by storm with her goal-scoring record while Ellen White was out now. Ellen White is back into the fray, but she's not necessarily going to be starting every game when Pauline Bremer is is playing this well. So you're looking at those three teams for right now who are firmly in the title race, and we'll see how it plays out as the season goes on, but all three are just on another level um, from the rest of the league. Nine rounds into the Westfield W League, and it is appearing to be two teams at the top of the table, Melbourne City and the Western Sydney Wanderers. Of course, Melbourne City won three straight titles before last season after Sydney FC captured the title, but they are back at the top. Western Sydney Wanderers were able to keep pace with them, and what's so cool about that is this is one of the first times that North Carolina Courage players have decided to go abroad to play in the W League, and Western Sydney, who has never made a grand final in their history, has a tremendous opportunity to do so this year because of the chemistry between Kristen Hamilton, Denise O'Sullivan, and Lynn Williams. Watching the three of them combine is a sight to see. It's because it's it's almost like a, a a reminder of hey, we've seen this before. They're literally just bringing whatever they have, whatever team play they have developed and chemistry they have developed with the North Carolina Courage. They are bringing it to Western Sydney, and it's making a huge difference. They did just take a bad loss four nil to the Brisbane Roar, but Lynn Williams was not playing in that game. They also have a young teenager, Kyra Cooney Cross. Remember that name, ladies and gentlemen. She is a virtuoso performer, a bona fide star in the making, who could also be called a baby-faced assassin because she can score, can do everything at such a young age, just like how these Matildas love to develop their young talent. She's going to be the next one up. The one thing that I wanted to mention 
in terms of NWSL implications. You know, we heard a lot of rumblings about how some of these players are exhausted by the time they come back, come back for, you know, playing a whole year. How is it going to impact the courage? How is it going to impact Lynn Williams, like such a big core of their team coming back? Will it make an impact on their season? Because, again, prior to this, they've stayed fresh. They've, they've kept themselves fresh, understanding that what the task at hand is to win NWSL titles. But now that they've won two in a row, it's almost as if to say, yeah, we've, we've won. We've needed to win. Now let's go enjoy ourselves and, and play in the W League as well and experience that. But the question is, how worn out will they be? Will they be worn out at all? That's the real question. And it could come to fruition in this upcoming NWSL season. Of course, I think, you know, with Portland and Chicago not too far behind, basically in that top tier, you're looking at the courage. Could this be the year that the dynasty ends? It's a it's a crazy question to even think about. But when you look at this W League stretch and then going right back to the NWSL, it'll be very interesting to see how it plays out for Western Sydney and for those Courage players who are tearing it up in the W League right now. Two other major storylines before we wrap things up. Farid Benstiti, former Lyon and PSG boss, is set to become the new Reign FC coach. Of course, we've talked about the Reign FC Lyon merger, what that means for the league, what it's going to mean for the organization. But again, to bring such a high-level coach who has won so many uh, French League and Champions League titles with Lyon is is going to be a huge step in the right direction for Rain FC in terms of getting them to play the style of soccer that they want to play. And if again, as we mentioned, if they can bring that French kind of influence into Rain FC, we might see some real changes. And this seems to be the first major move. He was previously in the Chinese Super League, where I'm sure he got plenty of money because there is a ton of money in that league on both the men's and women's side Uh, this could be a big big move it is such a huge move it isn't just about the players for the nwsl and the star power it's about the managers as well and what level the managers are at and able to bring the best out of their players in order for them to have the, the best reputations the most amount of respect what that brings to the nwsl it adds more storylines and increases again the overall attention surrounding the league so this is a big big deal a nice move for rain fc we'll see if it pays off in year one lastly amanda duffy stepping down from her post as nwsl president of course you gotta give her a round of applause and a, a little bit of appreciation for handling and stepping in to fill that role obviously it was not a role that she wanted for an extended period of time And who would want that level of stress and that level of pressure in terms of being able to develop uh, the overall league? Instead, she's going to join the Orlando Pride front office and run operations there. So she has a little bit more of a centralized focus in trying to build something with the Orlando Pride. I will say this, if if anyone can turn it around in Orlando and and get that team back to, to a contender, it is Amanda Duffy. But... There is plenty of work to be done there. They need some type of identity in order to truly make sure that they are on the level that they need to be at if they want to be that upper echelon club in the NWSL. And Amanda Duffy is, again, the type of person 
who can bring them back to that. All right, that is it. Episode 30 of Give and Go is in the books. Thank you all so, so much for tuning in. Again, the NWSL draft, it is going to be so exciting. We also have, we will be at Podcast Row at the United States Soccer Convention in Baltimore, Maryland as well, where the draft is taking place. If you're there, be sure to stop by the desk. And again, guys, thank you so, so much for tuning in. Go to www.girlssoccernetwork.com for all the latest news and information. Thank you for supporting us. We will have a donation link being posted as well. If you love the work that we do, we would love uh, and appreciate all of your support. So again, thank you guys from the bottom of my heart. We will be back soon in a couple of weeks. Rotas Wadera signing off. Thanks, guys.